Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, I'll be chatting about all things from... Yes, questions on dafts, amaryllis, crab apples, and how to prune them. And is it too late to prune your roses? We'll also bring you some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden. Plus our brand new Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Let's start with pruning those hedges. Which hedges do we prune now? Well, not the conifers, because in case we get some cold weather, it'll affect them. But evergreen, yes, Laurel, ordinary laurel, Portuguese laurel, that's the one with the slightly red in the stem and a narrower leaf. Any of the laurels can be pruned at this time of the year. Even bay, I've noticed a lot more bay hedges around of recent years. So can I cut them quite hard? The answer is yes, and you can preferably cut them with secateurs and a saw if you've got some thick sections. If you use a hedge trimmer, you will damage some of the leaf because you'll half cut through them and they will die and drop off and they do look a little bit ugly. But if you've got a massive laurel hedge, that's the way to do it, is use a hedge trimmer and just put up with the cut leaves. So they are. there's a very busy job to get on with. You can do that um, in the garden, rake up all the debris and don't forget, never ever feed laurel leaves to sheep goats or horses because they're not good for them at all and my second tip is staying with hedges because if you've got and we often get people ring up and say oh i've got a large hawthorn hedge i've got a large privet hedge and it's not really growing it just grows at the top well now is the moment that you can be really harsh yes cut them hard down and then get rid of all that old growth you can either shred that and put it on the compost bin or perhaps even if you're in a um, an area where you can have a bonfire you could even burn it yourself however cut them hard back cut out any dead and dying material and you should be able to encourage that hedge to reproduce new growth at the base. So that's things like, they're all the deciduous ones, hornbeam, beech, hawthorn, even things uh, like some of the berberises you could do the same too. So they are, that's another good job for you. I'm here, Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions here this morning. And the first up is going to be Janice in Lee. But we've also, we're going to follow up this mystery track that Joy Smith from Sudbury has on her grass. And she sent me a picture now, which I believe um, one of her children has sent to me. So they are, we're going to have a look at that. I have no idea, but perhaps you will. We asked for your questions last week about that. Give us a call, 0300 240-41, but I'll explain it a bit more. Straight after Janice, but that number to call, 0300-200-4041, or if you'd like to, text me here in the studio. It's 81333. Start the message with the word Essex. As easy as that. Let's talk first to Janice from Lee. Hello, Janice. Oh, good morning, Ken. Right, um, I've got a problem with my snowdrops. I've mm-hmm. got two separate beds. Um, one bed has come up really well, um, same as last year. The bed, the other bed, I've just got the leaves, the, the little grey leaves have poked through eventually, but I... there doesn't seem to be any flowers. I'm wondering if it's too late for anything to happen to them. I'm it's... so disappointed because they're so lovely. Right, now what you've got to ask yourself is, these flowered normally last year, is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, they did, yes. Now, is this bed... Or has this bed been affected by anything else? Have you planted something different in it? Have you dug anything? Has somebody worked near it? Uh, Yes, we did sort of reorganise it a little bit, but we were very careful not to touch the area where the snowdrops were actually Hmm. there. There was some ground cover there for a short time, which we did pull out. Right. But I'm wondering if the if the roots of that are still there and have strangled the bulbs in some way. I don't know. I don't know what to think really. I don't think I don't think they will have been strangled at all. Um, no. But I think perhaps the work on the bed or work around it. I mean, what I was trying to find out is whether you've done any work like paving or anything like that. But you haven't. No. It's just work no. on the actual bed. Yeah. I think if you've been digging and working close to them, it could have affected them and perhaps has moved the roots, moved the bulbs just enough to mm. perhaps stop them flowering. Mm for this year so what I would actually do 
is, an, it's something we suggest with all bulbs that not enough people do, is as the flowers finish on the good bed, yeah. um, give them a good liquid feed, but give the other one, the, the ones without the flowers, a good liquid feed as well. And right. the li- liquid feed, something like maxi crop is really good. And what happens is that the, it goes into the, into the green and then down into the bulb. As, right. as the leaf deteriorates and goes yellow, that's what happens. Right. Does that make be... sense to you? Yes, it does. But I'm, am I too late? Is there ever going to be any flowers this year? I'm, I'm on a doubt. I'm, I'm doubting like you are. But, um, you know, nature has funny things <laughs> and it does funny things to us. So, I mean, really, I think the answer is we can't definitely tell. No. But um, I, I am... Be patient. That's the right the way. Can I ask you another thing? Of course you can. Of course you can. Um, in the autumn, we purchased some new helibores, half a dozen oh, plants, yeah. which I sent off for. Mm-hmm. We were advised to put them in the greenhouse and wait till they sort of start to grow. Well, they don't seem to have done anything, and we don't know whether we're going to put them out in the spring or, or what we're going to do with them. When, really. did, when did you buy them? Um, in the autumn of last year. <clears throat> and did they come just as um, like a bare-rooted plant? Yeah, oh, a very, plug. Very small. Yeah, they were plugs, weren't oh, they? Oh, it's a plug. Yeah, a plug yeah. is a plug is is too small to cope possibly with a harsh winter. Yeah. You've potted them up, and is there there no leaf at all? Oh, there's leaf, but there's no growth. They came sort of with some leaf on them, but very yeah. very tiny, about sort of five or six inches high. But they've not moved. They've not done anything. And you're keeping them just sort of ticking over with water as well. Yeah. Yes, yes, we're keeping them sort of watered. And in a cold, cold greenhouse, you're saying they, yes. you know, I mean, with the t- with the temperatures we're getting at the moment, you should be seeing growth. Perhaps you're being a little bit impatient. Yeah, again. Uh, <laughs> I think it's impatience. I think bear with it. And as right. soon as you get them to into growth, I would start to harden them off, and that's take them out of the greenhouse yes. during the day, let yes. them get acclimatised, and then plant them into where you intend to put them. Don't forget that they do like dappled shade or shade. Yes, Yes, I've got some already and I've got a a place where I'm going to put them. Um, That's why I bought them in the first place. But a little bit disappointed, but I've got to be patient. (laughs) You have indeed. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's all right. It's a pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, bye-bye. They are, give us a call now. There's a line free on 0300 200 40 41. Now, um, we've had... Chats to Joy Smith from Sudbury, and Joy Smith from Sudbury um, has got an interesting problem. And in fact, it, she has a trail across her garden, and it starts by a bush, and it's about twelve foot long, and it comes along the lawn, and it's sort of yellowy, and then as it gets towards a slab, which is part of the paths, it gets much more soily and crumbly. Now, what it looks like to me. Um, now I can see the picture. I, I thought it was, it was something on the surface, but I have a suspicion that it's something under the surface now. And I wonder whether that's what it is. It's something under the surface. Um, it seems a bit high for a mole, but it's as if um, like, um, I mean, I was going to say a rat run, but that's, I'm talking about rat run as a hole under the ground. I think what I would do if I were Joy, and I hope she's listening today, Um, is dig down and see where there's a hole under the surface because that's my second thought of the day. I really, you know, each week I keep coming up with ideas. The, The width of it is literally about four or five inches wide. It trails across the garden. It's as if it decides to change direction a couple of times. It is not a round circle. It is not anything specific. It really is a tricky one. So if you've got any ideas for joy... We'd like to hear from you. That's 0300 200 40 41. That's 0300 200 40 41. Or text me if you've got an idea as well. So they are. And the text number, 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. Uh, Joy, we'll keep trying. Believe me, we will keep trying to find out what your problem is. But I'd like you to go out after the programme, dig a little hole down through it and see whether there's anything underneath it. Let's go back to the phones and that number as always is 0300 200 40 41. That's the number to call and we go straight to Sylvia in Wickford. Hello Sylvia. Hello Ken, good morning. Hi um, Ken, I've got a Nandi- Nandina. Nandina, yes. Yep. Yeah, I've got it in a pot. I've had it in a pot for 
oh, quite a few years now, but I'd like to put it in the garden because I think it's getting a bit pot-bound. Right. Uh, when can I do it, please? You should be able to do it any time now. Now, Andina oh. is called is called Chinese bamboo. I've That's never, right, yeah. I've never totally understood why because it doesn't actually look that much like bamboo, does it? No. Doesn't actually, no, no. And has it got berry on it? Because that's it has the other. Got berries on it, yes, yes. I think I think it's a. I'm just rattling on so that other people appreciate Nandina because you obviously do. Um, because it's got the leaf goes another a lovely rich colour as we go into autumn, particularly that's doesn't right, it? Yes, and areca, yes. and then you get this cluster of red berries on them. And I I think it's a very underused shrub. I think it's a super shrub, but it's a very underused shrub. So anyway, your Nandini you could put in the garden at any time now. It's right. it's oh, it's really a great you. time to do it. Thank so you. just dig it up now. When you prepare the ground, have you got a heavy ground in Wickford? Uh, clay. Mm, clay, clay. Yeah. Mm. So when you dig the dig the soil out see that the bottom of it is not too um what's the word not too claggy if it's very claggy and hard mix a bit of compost in with it but don't just leave a layer of compost in the bottom because if you do the compost will go into a sort of modge and then the roots will sit in this sort of wet mess at the bottom so what you need to do is put a bit of compost mixed with the clay as you dig it out and chop it up so when you backfill around the hole, you're putting a mixture of clay plus compost. And that oh, will help the, help the roots to take off. Only put fertiliser. Old books used to say put fertiliser in the bottom of the hole. We don't do that anymore. We put it on the surface. You could do that. Blood, fish and bone, bone meal or even grow more. Put it on the top now as spring is starting and just fork it in round it. And I'll tell you what, it'll take off brilliantly, Sylvia. Oh, that's great. Um, the, um, I phoned you a little while ago about my mimosa that's uh-huh. in a pot. And Lovely. I'm just telling you now that it's in full bloom. Oh. I've kept it in a corner in the garden, a very uh, corner, and it's it's looking lovely today. It's all yellow, all the blossom. And I covered it up with fleece when we had the snowy yep. sort of situation. And it just caught, slightly caught the top. But apart from that, it's absolutely beautiful. Is that the one with the ferny leaf, yeah? That's right, yeah. 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 I, think, yeah. I think it's very underrated. It's a, it's a super plant to grow in your garden. But as you pointed out there, it is not 100% hardy and it does need a little bit of protection. Yes. Anyway, thanks for your help, Ken. That's OK. Thank That's you. Sylvia Bye in Wickford with her Nandina, a great plant and another lovely plant, hibiscus, but not always that easy to look after. Anne, what's your problem with it? Have you got one? Hello, Ken. Yes, I've got two. Uh, one's about five foot that yep. comes out in a nice pink and white. And the other one is uh, like a blue. Yeah. I planted one or oh, seven years ago and one three years ago. Yeah. But I've been out this morning giving my roses a feed, the first feed. Good girl. All right. Well, a bit early, but you're all right. Yeah. And uh, what I'm worrying about is last year I had hardly any flowers on them at all. Right. Did you prune them at all? No, I didn't know whether. No, I you could don't. Prune don't. No, I haven't pruned them at all, Ken. Good. Don't prune. Hibiscus don't really like pruning. They're better left alone. I would guess yes. that what you've got to do is encourage encourage it to yes. flower, is give it tomato food, but not yet. Give it tomato food from I about end of March onwards as a liquid oh, okay. food. And that should encourage it into, into flower. Yeah, That's they're a, south-facing, and they do take a nice space up in the yep. cart garden, you know? Yep, yep. That's, you're yep. doing all the right things. So that's tomato feed. Yeah, but not till end of March, beginning of April. OK, and also, just one small question. Um, I've, got, I've had all my front done, yep. and um, what I want is like an evergreen to put on the left side of it i have put one in and it's died on me can you suggest an evergreen that flowers in the summer and will stay green in the winter at all Ken? i'd look at hebes some of the hebes would work for you yeah look at hebes and there's some lovely colored leaf ones as well oh i'm going to one of your places down in uh Grow for nurseries. Oh, you're going there. Okay, well, there's plenty of <laughs> good gar- plenty of good garden centres about, and go along and yes. have a look at them. Okay. Yeah. Thank okay. you very much for your suggestion. That's a that's a pleasure. That's Anne in Debman, uh, deep 
Debden. Oh, in, in Debden, near Loughton. Yeah, and we will now, in a moment, go talk to Colin. But before that, of course, it's that all-important travel. BBC Essex Travel. And it's Emily Rose looking after the roads today, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's right. Thanks, Ken. We're just checking on the speed sensors. Now, Noak Hill Road in Billericay is partially blocked northbound. That's between Wash Road and Langdon Common because of an accident there. So it is looking very slow on the approach at the moment. Over in Basildon, uh, Southern Hay is partially blocked eastbound. That's between Clay Hill Road and Gateway because of an accident. So it's looking heavy on the approaches there as well. South End, Arterial Road, a little bit busy approaching roadworks in Haroldwood at Ardley Green Road. And over in Stansted, the A120 eastbound, the entry slip road to the M11 Junction 8A for the airport. It's closed there due to an accident earlier on. On the trains, there's no service on London Overground between Romford and Upminster. Also no service on Greater Anglia between Ingate Stone and Liverpool Street and also between Billericay and Liverpool Street. That's for engineering works as well. Your next update's in 30 minutes. Keeping you informed when it matters. BBC Essex Travel. Yes, and we're all up for a bit of a change here at BBC Essex. And I'm going to be missing Kath Melandrew. Well, myself I will, because I'll be listening to her, but I won't be able to have my little chat with her, because on Saturdays, Kath will wake you up. Yes, she's looking after Saturday breakfast, and we'll have a brand-new show with Ronnie Barber from 12 till 2. So I'll be talking to our Scottish friend, Ronnie Barber. And that's called Ronnie Barber's Last Chance. <laughs> I don't know what last chance is, but uh, we won't go there on that one. It will be good to chat to Ronnie uh, straight straight after gardening. <laughs> so let's now go back to the phones on 0300 200 4041 and uh, it'll look forward to a change of programmes here on BBC Essex. Let's now talk to Colin in Harwich, but I'll just remind that number, 0300 200 4041. A couple of people have texted me as well on 8133 and we'll use, we'll go through those in just a moment. Let's talk firstly to Colin. Hello, Colin. Yeah, hi, Ken. Very good morning to you. And uh, yeah, it's lovely down here at Harwich. Absolutely lovely. Sunshine looks uh, good, doesn't it? Oh, it's marvellous. It's marvellous. I've, I've put fleece and plastic over my raised beds, ready for my potatoes, which are checked in. Right. Uh, as per your advice. Good. Now, number number one, son, and is is that a friend sending me two bags of fertilizer, granular fertilizer, only kilo of each? Yeah. One is, he said it's a potato one, and it's eight twenty four twenty four plus five percent uh, sulfur. Yep. Yep. Now, Does yes. that sound good to you? Yes, because what it's doing, you see, it's it's low on nitrogen because you don't need much nitrogen at the top of the plant. What you're trying to do is get root growth. And the P and the K is what you want for the for the for the root growth. You're encouraging root growth because remember that a potato is just an expanded part of the root. It's a root tuber. So that's that's the yeah. right one. Yeah well, and the other bag the other bag he sent me is uh Foss Mag five nineteen ten plus three MG. Right, you've got Mag he says that's for onions. Yeah, magnesium will help the onion to ripen up. And in fact, again, he's right, not too high on nitrogen, because if you think how an, how an onion grows, you don't want it to just... If you put too much nitrogen on an onion, it will just grow green and then go to seed very quickly, especially if it right. dries out. So, yeah, he's giving you the right fertiliser for the right plants. Ah, now, my autumn onions are about, oh, 30 centimetres, easy a foot. And uh, and I'm wondering, do I put this onion fertilizer around now or, or leave you, it? No, it's you're not going to get. They're not growing much at this moment, and that's the problem. The soil temperatures oh. are too low, so you're actually wasting mm. your time. It's just the previous um, caller was talking, an earlier caller was talking about giving rose fertilizer, and I said, "Well, you're a bit early." Mm. Yes, you are a bit early. The ground has not warmed up. Yes, spring right. has sprung, but. The ground isn't warm. And if the ground isn't warm, the roots don't work, and therefore you're wasting your fertiliser. Wait another month before you do anything like that. Right, that's smashing. That's, that's absolutely superb. Now, I, I was going to also uh, mention once before about uh, a little tip that yep. I was given. Yes. Um, I bought some copper tape to go around my wooden raised beds. Yes. And as I was putting the, rub, the tape round and stapling it with a stapler, I noticed even the spiders wouldn't cross it. 
they, yeah. they kept touching it and backing off. I, it is used for slugs and snails. I mm. haven't heard about um, spiders particularly, but I do know that you definitely use it for slugs and snails, and I imagine it's worked for you for that, yeah? Oh, I'm hoping so, because there's will. a new raised bed. There's a new garden, and Good. we have horrendous... I mean, we've got slugs here like snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, let us, let us know how the tape works, and obviously I've just said it on air. If it works for you, we can pass that on in, a, in perhaps a month's time when you're starting to grow a few things in it, OK? Mm, yeah, right. Thanks a lot, then, Ken. Pleasure. Oh, very good morning. Thank you very much. That's Colin with his raised beds, his uh, new garden. Uh, don't forget that number to call is 0300 200 4041. It's as simple as that. And uh, let's now go to... Where are we going to go? Uh, yes, there was an interesting one I noticed here from John says that the trail in the grass says that it could definitely be a mole. Sometimes he says they dig shallow tunnels near the surface. If you cut open the surface, you'll see the tunnel. So what, what we want is, um, you know, we've got a picture of it and therefore um, that could very possibly be it. So, John, thank you for your tip. At, and we we look forward to to getting that sorted because the it is very much a trail and uh, perhaps joy can have a look at it and go from there okay um right there's another one about ant julian ant malden here in malden and they're saying i've got two orchids both have lost all their flowers but still have leafy green foliage will they flower again yes of course they'll flower again now the, what you do is you if it's gone brown you will go down the foliage the the stem until you get to where it the brown f is no longer brown and you cut just above that bud that will then break in the future and produce a new shoot which will produce you flower it's it's um, it really does work like that talking of which uh, orchid expert dr manos canalos He's visiting Perrywood Garden Centre in Tiptree and uh, talking about uh, orchids. And that's on Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th of February. So there, there's something to... You could go down there and get a bit more advice, couldn't you, on your, on your orchids. Here they are also, Julian and Ant were asking, uh, also, I want to buy a magnolia tree. Is there a good time to plant? Um, can they grow in strong sunlight? They will put up with strong sunlight, but you would have to see that you mulch them round the bottom at the base of the plant uh, quite severely. But yes, they will. The only danger with strong sunlight is, the only problem with strong sunlight is that if the flower is, is formed and there's very heavy frost, you might get some burning to the edges of the flower. Um, and depending on the, the front garden or wherever it is in the garden watch because some of the, the Solangiona varieties uh, grow very large in fact you see them as trees you could use uh, something like the star-like one which is much smaller but ask at your garden centre at nursery to see the ultimate size before popping it in the ground the number to call is 0300 200 40 41 that's 0300 200 4041. Let's uh, go back to Beryl in Church Langley. Hello, Beryl. Hello. Um, I've got a lot of tater tate daffodils all up the side of the path in the front garden. Gorgeous. I've been in probably, I don't know, the years go so quick, four or five years. Um, I always deadhead them and I always feed them, but they seem to be coming up blind this year. They do sometimes, and in fact, uh, you, you know, bulbs will have a rest you know you can't pretend that like all things they need a rest occasionally now what you need to do with them is look at think about you're saying tete-a-tete are you did you tete -tete, say tete-a-tete yes tete-a-tete tete-a-tete will be should be flowering about now shouldn't it yes. really well the ones in the back garden are you see yes yeah it's a, it's a february flower um as it as it finishes as the ones in the back finish flowering give the front ones a really good feed of a liquid fertilizer um, anything like maxi crop or any of the liquids will work. Something oh, with right. sea, it's a seaweed based fertilizer you're looking for, and that will give it strength back into the bulbs and should encourage them into flower in the coming year. What happens is the main bulb that is producing your flower 
will produce side bulbs, little bulblets mm. off the side. Those will start to grow and produce your green leaf, but they will not produce you a flower for a couple of years. And so the old one will slowly deteriorate and disappear and the new ones will come forth. And that's how it works. I wondered if I might need to dig them up and perhaps they were compacted. I don't know. You could do that, but quite honestly, if, you, if you're going to do that, right. don't dry them off. Dig them up now and shuffle them around and put them straight back. Right. Well, I'll leave it. I'll try the feeding first. Try the feeding. It's the easiest yeah, one, isn't it? You haven't got to dig, right. do any digging then, have you, Beryl? No, I haven't, no. <laughs> OK, then. Right, thank you very much. And let us know next year, of course, they'll be full of flour and you can ring us up and say, here, Ken, it worked. Or you don't ring me up and tell me it didn't. Thank you, Beryl, for your call. The number to call is 0300 200 4041. Several of you have sent me messages and that comes in on 81333. Start your message with the word Essex. Keith in Rayleigh. Hello, Keith. Hello, Ken. Um, I think mine's a very simple question. With this funny weather we've been having, it's rain and we've got the frost and the ground is damp, would I do more harm by cutting the grass than leaving it alone? No, you won't. And it's, it's quite an interesting one because you've heard me talk about the podcast and we give extra tips on the podcast. And in fact, yes. one of my tips for this, this the podcast that will come out uh, this afternoon, hopefully, is that if the weather is dry enough and sunny enough, I would suggest that you possibly cut the grass. Um, and I'll tell you what else I've said on it, actually, and uh, other people listen to the podcast all, you know, at different times all over the world. So we won't worry about them worrying about me repeating myself. But the other thing you'll suffer with a bit at this time of year, of course, is worm cast. And have you got worm cast on there? No, I haven't, Ken. Oh, well, you're all right, because... Just a reminder, other people who have got worm cast just sweep them off uh, because they will cause a sort of muddy mess. But the answer is, nowadays, um, you know, I, I run a gardening business and we cut grass right through the winter. The only times we don't cut it, not all the time, we don't do it every week, but we cut it on a regular basis because it grows most of the winter now. Well, so it's looking like a, like a, a field of, of hay now. Sort yeah. of it. It's now, growing that much. Now, now, what you mustn't do is cut it too low. If right, you cut so it too short, you'll damage it. So it's very important that what, what you should be doing, and it sounds like you haven't, Keith, but definitely cut it, um, what you should be doing is topping it continuously over over through the month so you do it every two or three weeks does that yeah, make so sense put, yeah so put the mower on the highest level yep so just, that it just sort of yeah okay just it looks, chop, so, it looks awful at the moment because it's bits of tall bits of low yeah, you know yeah. there's nothing worse than an untidy lawn is there you that's know right. and, the, and yeah. the lawn sets the garden sets the garden off completely I so, so you know if you can get it cut um it would it would really tidy it up i don't know what sort of mower you've got but if it turns wet again and it's too wet anybody's wet lawn keep off that wet lawn but if it turns out dry give it a haircut and i think you'll find that it looks really good okay okay thank you very much now lillian morden wants to know whether she can still prune her rose bushes even though they're budding or has she lost her chance if she can't prune them what will happen well firstly uh, my old dad used to insist that we pruned roses in March. So from my old dad's point of view, Lily, you're early. From other people's perspective, you're late. Well, does it really matter? And the answer is no. Everything is budding, but it's more important that you prune the roses than you do not prune the roses. And I suggest that you're harsher uh, rather than gentle. I always used to say that your best enemy, you should let, you know, or, or a, bad, a bad day after a bad night is a good day to do the roses because if you're in a bit of a temper, you cut them harder and harder, particularly hybrid teas. Hybrid teas enjoy being cut quite harshly, down to about six to seven inches you can cut them, even when they're big. I can remember doing uh, rose pruning. It dates me a bit, but we used to charge six six pence a rose and my friend Alan and I that we were both apprentice gardeners at the time and we used to prune hundreds of roses on a Saturday to earn some extra money to keep ourselves going and we used to have a sheet we'd lay the sheet down and we'd go round and people would come out and say my word what have you done to my roses and we would cut them really harshly back and they'd be on the phone the next year saying can you come back and do them again you see so being harsh does work 
exceptions to a few rules there. And this is, I don't know whether Lily has uh, got a few of those. Shrub roses, you don't. Shrub roses, you would prune to shape. Patio roses, you prune to shape, particularly cutting out dead and diseased pieces. Um, and you should be getting on with your climbers and, again, cutting those back to a few little um, shoots, side shoots, and training those long arching arching. Uh, arching branches tying them in with a bit of soft string so they are the answer is no you haven't lost your chance and yes i had a lady on earlier who had given us a call on 0300 200 40 41 that's 0300 200 40 41 she'd rung on that and my next reminder on those rose question would be is that when you've pruned them all come beginning of march don't just put a general fertiliser on. Go and put a rose fertiliser on. Fertilizer on. It will help no end. It's got extra little bits in it that really work. And there's a couple of really good ones. Two or three good rose fertilisers on the market. Buy it. It's well worth it. Let's uh, now talk to John in Brentwood. Hello, John. Morning, Ken. Good you... Lovely morning. It's gorgeous. I've even got both doors open. Excellent. Let the fresh um, air in. Could you just clarify something? You're talking about pruning and yep. taking the tops off the grass, etc., yep. etc. Yep. Now, tonight, there's a frost forecast. Yep, but it's not a very heavy frost. Right. So, so that, that means that's okay. Then, I wouldn't worry at all. Uh, we, we cut, as I said, we cut grass right through the winter nowadays, and if you cut the grass... Um, the only thing, if you think about a piece of grass, if you imagine a piece of grass and you just cut the top of it, uh, you've cut and exposed the cell structure of that grass. But that's why we always remind people that they mustn't cut it too short. You yeah. cut it, you top it. Now, all that will happen if you get a frost is it'll just burn off that very top bit. You won't see it, but it will damage those little bits of cell structure on that grass as you've cut it. But that has no effect. It will keep growing from then on. And I as for, ro uh, for roses, it's the same. Cutting today would have no effect on the bud that you've cut to. Uh, it would take a week or so for that bud to actually start to move, and therefore you wouldn't have any effect on it. Yeah, right. I, I don't know about other people's lawns, but my lawn's pretty soft, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't put a petrol mower over it. It's too heavy. No, and I did say that. I said if it's yeah. at all muddy or soft, keep off it. Um, yeah. And I think this winter's been a funny one because they were threatening us with, uh, with drought conditions earlier on, and now it's gone really wet. And, in fact, um, it has made cutting grass quite difficult, hasn't it? Yeah. Did you know that the temperature since December, the beginning of December, hasn't dropped other than one day below, on average, seven degrees? We've had seven degrees. You've had minus no, seven. the ground. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a, a data logger in the ground near oh, the right. house. And you and pop it. Temp temperature yeah. hasn't dropped below seven, averaging yeah. it out. The below coldest day was about the 19th of December. Yeah. And that's because if you think about our weather pattern this year, it's quite interesting because we've had mildish spells then it goes cold and frosty for a couple of days but it's not constant and no. unless you get constant minus 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 for like weeks on end the soil temperature doesn't drop sufficiently does it no you're dead right yeah i mean uh, coming up we've got some during this week minus one minus two you know thursday and friday it's like that so i mean it's nothing dramatic that we're going to really worry about well i've i've where the temperatures have dropped to sort of uh, zero or yep. zero one, yep. the actual um, I've got a, a thermometer laying on just below the surface, yeah, and that's been registering four most of the time. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Soil temperature is quite interesting during the winter because as we go into autumn, which is why we would say plant things in the autumn because the soil temperature in the autumn stays warmer than the air temperatures and the, and the top of the ground. So it's a great time to plant them. Yeah. But, of course, in spring, it takes a little longer to warm up again, doesn't it? Yeah. Could I just ask you one question about tomato, right? Yeah, what would you like to know? Uh, well, I haven't been out yet and bought some liquid newer. Could I use tomato, right? Um, on what? Uh, it's on the... Uh, oh, what's those plants with the trumpets on the top of it? Four yes, of them, yes, right? doesn't matter. If they're amaryllis... 
Amaryllis, yeah. Yes, if you're anything that's flowering, use it. It's really good because it's uh, it's containing the right things to produce flower and also fruit. So, yes, no problem at all. That's John uh, worrying about pruning, but don't worry about the weather. Shirley from Benfleet. Hello, Shirley. Hello, Ken. Good morning to you. Um, I've got an azalea. It's in a pot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been in a pot for about four years, but just this year, or it's just the leaves are totally brown and there's no little buds on it, on it whatsoever. Indoor, outdoor? Outdoors. Outdoors. Um, I would guess that actually at some stage it has dried out. Ah, right. I think, um, I would guess, I hate to say it, I think it's dead. But what you need to do is go to it, rub the stem with your nail. Yeah. If it's green underneath, it's worth giving it a really good soak. And if it's... How how big a pot is it? Oh, it's quite big. Um, a good foot... Right, OK. Right, if it's dried out completely, and it's a tip for anybody, that, particularly with the azaleas, because they get a very thick, matty leaf, what I, mm. I do is I add a couple of drops of washing-up liquid into mm. the water... And then pour that on because washing up liquid seems to penetrate the root a lot better and helps to get the water to the root. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Would it hurt if I pruned it or something like that? No, no, you won't help it at all. You've got to decide whether it is alive or dead, basically, and yeah. then treat it gently and try and encourage it into growth if it's got green flesh, green uh, bark underneath. Okay. There are a few green leaves on it, but most of them are sort of this rusty brown colour. Sounds like it's not in good condition. Try and help it on its way. Give it a good liquid feed next month. Next month? Yeah. So, yeah. And you want a seaweed... I know I go on about it, but a seaweed-based fertiliser, liquid fertiliser, is really good because what it's actually like... It's like giving us a tonic. It's a tonic, uh-huh. and it works really well. OK? OK. Yep. Thank you, That's Shirley. Nice. I shall have a go at doing that. Thank you good. very much, Ken. Uh, Shirley from Benfleet, give us a call, 0300 200 40 41, and we go over to Harlow to talk to Eve. Hello, Eve. Hello, Ken. Um, just a point, um, I've heard you say before about cutting lawns yep. in the winter. Uh-huh. Um, I've got an electric mower with an RCD on it, yep. um, and my lawn is quite damp. Um would that help? I mean, it sounds right. stupid, I suppose. But... All, I, all I can say is I'm not going to tell you <laughs> to go out and use your electric mower, but what you <laughs> no. have just told, you're using the right plug with the right cut-off for safety. Yes? yes? Uh-huh. yes. The appliance has been sold to you as a safe electric mower, and as long as the equipment is safely protected, there is nothing wrong with using an electric mower on a damp lawn. Oh, Thank you very much. But you must see that you've got the right equipment. And anybody else listening, see that you've got those cutouts because, it, you know, people do get damaged severely with electricity in the garden and you do have to be careful with it. OK? All right. Let me know how you get on with that one. And we go to Pam. We'll go to Pam in Brightlingsea. Hello, Pam. Oh, good morning. Um, it's regarding a witch hazel, actually. It's my daughter's. It's about yeah. six or seven years old. Okay. And there's no problem with it at all, but it's in a pot, quite a high pot, quite big pot. But she's frightened that it's never had no compost. Right. And she doesn't know whether to sort of take it out. She doesn't want to put it actually in the garden. She wants to leave it in this pot. Okay. So should she sort of take as much old compost off as she could. Right, OK. So she doesn't want to put it in a bigger pot either, no? She doesn't really think it needs to go in a bigger pot. If it needs to, it's, it is quite tall and it's quite a big... I don't know the size of it, actually. OK. But... All right, well, if she's happy with the pot and she doesn't want to change it, one, one of the things that we recommend that you can do every year or every couple of years is you scrape the top surface of compost off and, yeah. then, re- and then renew it. Um, if it's more dramatic and it's root-bound... In other words, you knock it out of its pot and it's got roots all around it. What you then do is you lift it out and you want to keep it in the same pot. You sort of fumble with the leaves on the way of the roots around the edges and then you push fresh compost down into the pot when you're popping the pot, the plant back in. But remember that if it's a witch hazel, it's just about to flower. It's flowering now, actually. 
you because exactly. it usually comes out about the beginning of February. Yeah. yeah, so don't do it now. Wait for no. the flowering to finish, enjoy the flower, and then I would just scrape the top off and add some good compost to it. Uh, Which and one, then, Johnny Yeah, Johnny is number two or three. Two or three. Okay, oh. lovely. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Alan from Chelmsford, clematis, beginning to shoot. Is it too late to prune? Well, of course, it will depend uh, whether it's an early flower or a late flower. If it is a late flower, you can cut it hard down now, not a problem. If it's an early flower, I'd leave well alone, enjoy the flowers, and then prune it afterwards. So they are. It's as easy as that. Oh, I've looked at the weather forecast next week and we have some minus ones and minus twos overnight on Thursday and Friday. Yes, we discussed that earlier, didn't we? Should I avoid putting my own insects in? Well, personally, I wouldn't worry. Um, however, it's quite early. You've still got plenty of time to put onion sets in. So um, wait a week, see what the weather does. Or if you want to get them in, get them in. And don't forget, something I always used to do and do completely wrong is I used to screw them into the ground. <laughs> I'll always remember talking to Andrew Tokley about how I planted my onion sets. And he said, what the dickens do you do that for? You should never screw them into the ground because what you do is, I know it's, it, it, if you think about it, you're pushing them into the ground because you want them halfway into the ground to set that little root area into the ground. But in fact, what you're doing is smearing the soil below, below the onion set and then the roots can't take off, see? I learn as well as you learn, hopefully, about gardening all your life. So there's something that I learned. You just put them, push, you just loose, loose, make a slight hole with a dibber or a trowel and then pop them in. And that way the soil underneath is just slightly loose. There you are. My tip on onion sets. Don't forget you can give us a call now on 0300 200 4041. There's a line free for you. And um, someone here says quite rightly that broken seashells and human hair are good at stopping snails and slugs. I've never heard of human hair stopping snails and slugs. Uh, I haven't got too much left to cut. I was going to trim the beard and put it round, I suppose, couldn't I? <laughs> That's a thought. But seashells, I know shells, broken shells do work quite well. And we're going to have a report back on that copper. That uh, earlier caller is going to tell me all about that. So that would be an interesting one to find out. Um, yeah, so there's plenty going on across the county with tips. And that, of course, is so useful here on BBC Essex on the gardening phone-in because we can pass on those tips to other people. I mentioned Cyclamen. And Dave from Wickford has... Uh, sent us a text on that and he's asking my cyclamen plants have seen out the winter in my ceramic pots now i want to use the pots for my bedding plants i imagine he means that they're, they're the cyclamen that people put outside um and he's saying if i repot the cyclamen in a large container will they survive to show in the autumn Yes, the answer is yes. If you can keep them going, they should reflower in the autumn, Dave. So just lift them up very carefully with the root around them, and you should be able to do that quite easily. It's, it's not a difficult thing to do at all. So they are. That's something you can get on with this afternoon. Give us a call. We've got a line for it at the moment on 0300 200 40 41. And I'm going through messages that you have sent me on 81333. And we can do those as well. We're going to be talking about a crab apple in just a little while. But before that, we're going to Jane in Billericay. Hello, Jane. Hello, Ken. Good morning. Um, Ken, <laughs> I have a problem with acanthus. Bears bridges, yes? Oh, yes. <laughs> And of course, acanthus is actually, it, it got in the news, didn't it, uh, a little while ago? Well, about a couple of, couple of summers ago, because it is poisonous, isn't it, acanthus? Oh, Did, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's poisonous. The sap, you have to watch the sap getting onto you. And in fact, someone, some gardener was hurt by it some couple of years ago. So acanthus is, can be a bit gnarly. It keeps sprouting up, doesn't it? It's very difficult to get rid of, isn't it? Are you it finding is. that? Why do you want to get rid of it? Because I actually like acanthus. I like the flower. But it's well, we've not got a very big garden, and it's just taking over. It does. Right. All you can do, and this is something I've done in the past, and um, is that you can dig it out with a spade and get most of it out with a spade. Yeah. Yes. Which I imagine. Have you tried? I've tried that, and some of the um, roots are, are thicker than my fingers. Yep, yeah, they are. 
That's why I'm saying use a spade, not a fork, because you'll bend the fork sometimes with the roots. <clears throat> dig them out and then the only other thing that I have done and in fact it's not something I particularly like doing in a flower garden but you end up perhaps using something like a contact weed killer um, and just dobbing that on them as they come through the ground and of course they'll start to show their faces very soon won't they? Well they're there now and, and the end of the season last year I was doing just that mm. but they seem to be thriving on it <laughs> well, <laughs> they definitely won't be thriving on it, really, but they will keep coming. I agree with you. Alternatively, which is another thing that I've done, is just keep hoeing them off. You know, as the as the tip shows, you just hoe round every week, walk round the garden, chop the top, and they will eventually go. But my word, it will take time. Okay. Patience, Thank you Jay. Very much. You know the trouble with gardening, you have to be patient, don't you? Yes, you do. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. There's still a line free on 0300 200 4041, and we can fit you in. Is it the right time to prune a crab apple tree? Well, again, a crab apple tree works just like any other fruit tree. And of course, I say any other fruit tree, I'm talking about apples and pears. Now, apples and pears you prune at this time of year, so therefore, yes, you prune a crab apple. Crab apples are usually pruned to shape, but don't forget that the most important thing with a crab apple is that you do enjoy the flower and the fruit. So I would cut out any crossing limbs, any damaged, diseased limbs, and that will start to make it look quite attractive. And then really, if it is too big, just take some of the tips out. But if you take too much off at this time of the year, you'll lose the flower and therefore you'll also lose the fruit. So that's something to actually think about. So there are. That's uh, your crab apple. And you can do that right now. You've got till the end of the month before. I know it's starting to show, but you've got actually till the end of the month to pretty well do that. Pat from Billericay is asking, what do I do with my amaryllis after they've died down? Well, let's look at amaryllis. What an amaryllis is doing. It is flowering at this time of the year. Um, it's it's producing a lovely flower. I know my mum had a lovely uh, gift of, a, of a, um, an amaryllis. It's finished flowering. And you wait till the stem goes slightly yellow and then you can cut the stem out. It should then produce, it will be producing leaves at the same time. And with the leaf, you want to encourage it still to grow with the leaf as you run into spring. As you go into summer, the leaves might die back. You can stand it outside uh, with the leaves in the summer, give it a summer break and slightly dry it off. Reduce the, reduce the water quite dramatically and that will um, slowly die, it'll slowly die back. Then you start it off again September, October really well. So they are, that's something that you can do with your amaryllis. But don't panic about the green leaf. And don't panic that the things flower. I tell you what, I might even produce another one. You never know. They sometimes push a side shoot up, which has got another flower in it. So watch out for that one as well. They are. That's Pat from Billericay. Um, let's go to David on the phone. And he's from West Burghold. Hello, David. Hello, Ken. Uh, leaf curl on peach trees. Pain in the neck, isn't it? Yes. When is the best time to spray and what to spray with? Nothing. We haven't got anything. There is nothing now to spray peach leaf curl. Um, all they've all gone. They've all gone. Now um, you get it every year, do you? Yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah. The only thing that pe <laughs> it's a real fag, but it's the only thing you can do is you build a little shelter over it during yeah. the winter period. I'm sure you've heard this talked about, have you? I'm. I was frightened you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because what is what happens if you had it last year the the dampness and the winter water spreads it the spreads it back onto the plant and therefore yeah. it grows if yeah. not you just pick off the affected leaves and that's about all you can do for it it's that's because right. all the sprays were copper based and the yeah. copper copper based stuff has gone completely gone. is it likely to come back with brexit uh pfft, no 
<laughs> and in fact, I always used to think the French were worse than us, actually, because um, I remember years ago you could buy stuff to kill things uh, in France that you couldn't kill in England. Um, but I found out recently they banned nearly all the weed killers and they go around now using steam and some other foamy stuff. So, you see, you learn something every day. I had a Frenchman work with us that was telling me all about how they do weed killing in France. So you can't even cross Europe and find anything to spray, spray your peach trees with, I'm sorry to say. And Brexit definitely won't help. Sorry about that, David. Thank okay. you, Ken. Enjoy your programme. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. That's David from West Belco. And we go to Isabel uh, from Ramsden Bell House. Hello, Isabel. Hello, Ken. Um, it's about my amaryllis, which yep. I've been prompted to phone as the last lady. Yep. Um, it was in last year. That was not last year, but the 2000 and... Well, the last, not yep. last Christmas, but the Christmas before. Yeah. Flood. It was absolutely fantastic. Lovely. There was two stalks and so many flowers on them and all the rest of it, and I did exactly what you told me mm-hmm. on the radio. And I, when the summer, when the frosts finished, I put it out behind the greenhouse and um, forgot all about it. Lovely. That's the thing to do. Yeah. Then one day I went out there and wondered what that was behind the greenhouse, and there it was in full flower again. <laughs> Brilliant. And I, I was quite amazed, and I had two more beautiful flowers on it. Um, unfortunately, the slugs had a bit of a meal there. So anyway, I then did again what you told me to do earlier, <laughs> and um, it's now sitting in my lounge um, with a big flower on it. That is fantastic. You see, Isabel, sometimes the information we give out here on BBC Essex on the Gardening Hour works really well for people. Is that right? Well, yes, but why did it flower in the summer? Well, they do that. It's just a change of temperature, a little bit of how it's been behind a shed. It might be a bit different, and it just gets a little bit confused, and that's how nature seems to work. It's as typical of anything in nature does what it wants I think you could say but thank you very much for your call Isabel and I'm glad you're enjoying your amaryllis right now just last but not least Diana from St Lawrence Bay says that she saves all her eggshells she dries them in the oven she crumbles them and then spreads them around plants to keep the snails at bay and yes it does work it's a great preventer of snail damage Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, I have got some more tips for you. The light levels are improving. You've noticed we've got longer days and the temperatures have lifted quite a bit. So let's prepare those beds. Yeah, those vegetable beds. Let's get them ready for doing something in the future in our vegetable gardens. Why not cover them over? If they're clean, yeah, weed them first, but clean Put some polythene over. It's very important to get polythene over the top. And the polythene will lift the temperature quite dramatically. So even if you've got old carpet, anything like that, cover it over and it will warm that ground. Then, just as we get into spring a bit farther down the road, pull that back. You'll have all that weed will have sprouted onto the surface. You can just hoe it off. And it's an easy way of preparing the ground. The ground will be warmer, drier, and it can set seeds even quicker. So they are, that's something to get on with. Staying on veg, some of the green veggies are being hammered by wood pigeons and birds at this time of the year. And so it's a good idea to net them. And that's really an important thing to think about doing. Talking of which, those fruit bushes. Yes, some of those fruit bushes will come into flower quite early on. And if those flower buds look tasty, for particularly like bullfinches and chaffinches, they'll be down and pinching them out. So they are. That's something to do as well. So net in the veg and the fruit garden. And get out there and you start to enjoy your garden. It's a great time of the year. It's spring. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. And next week, my guest will be Dave Gillam from the Garden Centre in Chelmsford. <laughs>